I'm Carrie Brett, and this is Shot at Love. Anyone who's navigated through the hookup culture on these dating apps or unexpectedly got heartbroken will relate and resonate with today's guest, Beverly Hills psychologist, Dr. Nancy Lee. Aside from being a renowned clinical psychologist, she's also the author of the book, Don't Sleep With Them Yet, a badass guide to dating in 10 empowering steps. Having helped countless women with dating and relationship issues, she'll share how to let go of self-doubt and find confidence in ourselves, leading us to say goodbye to the wrong guys so you can reel in the right one. When we come back, Dr. Nancy Lee will provide proactive strategies, eye-opening true stories, and powerful psychological research, which will inspire and awaken your inner badassery so you can stand your ground while dating. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned. Dr. Nancy Lee is a psychologist who owns a private practice in Beverly Hills, California, and is a leading practitioner of Cognitive Behavioral Therapy and Vitals Patients Choice Award recipient. She's been featured in the Los Angeles Times, Cosmopolitan, Toronto Sun, Parade, Oprah Magazine, Digital Journal, Bustle, Metro News, and Yahoo News, to name a few. Dr. Lee has also been on The Jenny McCarthy Show, KTLA, Fox 24, iHeartRadio, LA Talk Radio, and many more. Dr. Lee received her doctorate at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center's Graduate School of Biomedical Sciences, followed by a postdoctoral fellowship in behavioral medicine at UCLA Medical Center. It is my honor to welcome psychologist, author, and sought-after speaker, Dr. Nancy Lee, to the show today. Welcome, Nancy. Hey, I'm so happy to be here, Carrie, and thank you for that beautiful intro. I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. You're so knowledgeable. I absolutely loved your book. It was riveting. I give it five stars. I just am so grateful. I, I wish I had your book when dating. That's the only, the only negative I can say is I wish I had it when I really needed it. So I'm glad it's out there. People definitely should pick it up. Now, your goal was not to become a dating expert, yet you are. Could you give us some insight into your background or your personal story, why you became so passionate about helping people who are struggling to find love? Okay. It starts at age 13. So I, at 13 years old, I picked up Cosmopolitan magazine and I looked at these stories about dating and sex. And by the way, I had that, it was considered racy at the time. So I hid these under my bed, under my bed from my mom, but I was absolutely fascinated with anything having to do with dating and mating. Okay. Flash forward. When I myself was dating, there was it, hookup culture was not a quote unquote thing yet. But I remember one of the first guys that I dated in college, we went on a date and um, I, I really didn't care for him. It was like, so it's not even a good date, but we're in the car and he's, you know, he's dropping me off and he said something like, well, you need to, you need to take off your clothes. 
I was like, looked at him and I said, what? Anyway, this went into, this went into a discussion of how, you know, I basically talked to him about just, you know, what my stance was on, I mean, there would be nothing happening with this guy regardless. But anyway, one thing I remember him saying, and I looked at him like, are you from outer space or the moon? Nobody will date you because you are such a prude. Okay. Flash forward. That that turned out to be so untrue. But anyway, flash forward years later, I'm a clinical psychologist and working with so many women would be coming in and explaining like, you know, um, I slept with this, like they'd be, they'd be so excited. Okay. They, they met a guy, um, you know, thought this was going to be the one they slept together really quickly. Then they'd come in about a week later, really in just in tears. He's ghosting me. I haven't even heard from him da, 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 on and on and on. Meantime, I was also as a psychologist, I was serving on a lot of different local college panels, and I'd hear from women in college who'd actually be saying to me, you know, I feel like if I'm not hooking up, I'll have absolutely no social life. And by hooking up, I mean like like we're talking, you know, hook a hookup can be anything, Carrie, from like, you know, just anything from kissing on up. But they were talking about like mostly like sleeping with people, like really like you'll have no social life. Um, Anyway, that all, all of it together inspired me to like, to just write a book, basically write a book, empowering women. I, I was really the, my, the point of this background is I was really hearing that women were just, there was a lot of people pleasing going on. Like women, you know, we talk about women's empowerment, but hookup culture was not empowering women. It was doing the opposite. It was giving men all the power. Right, right. So you decide to write this book and help empower women because oftentimes women hand their power away to men. And you felt that it needed to be said and it needed to be written about that using sex was a poor bartering chip. Right, especially people pleasing with sex or being bullied or intimidated into sex. I mean, if look, if a woman is ready and she knows, you know, the, the, the relationship is right. And look, it can be all over the map. You know, um, like a woman may want a committed relationship and feel like I'm there with this guy. I know him. I know who he is. I know myself. We both want this. That's great. But what I'm talking about is when a woman is confused or she's not quite ready or she feels like even worse, she's being coerced into something that she doesn't want to do. Um, so, And by the way, that's just one chapter. So the title is based on one chapter. But Carrie, as you know, the book runs the entire gamut on dating and relationships. So, you know, one of the things about me, this is also how I do therapy. Um, I am, I am a purist in terms of science. So if I feel that, you know, I've like you asked me, what was your personal experience? That's why I 
put that anecdote in there, which I also, you know, talk about personal experiences in my book. Um, but I'm not going to say anything off the top of my head. So I spent six years looking at all the research and neuroscience. It's also why I include a hundred references in the book. Um, but basically looking at what is the psychology of attraction? Um, what is the neuroscience behind either waiting to sleep with somebody or sleeping with them right away? What is the, what's the science of attraction? What attracts us to people? So how can women, if, if you know, another, another uh, struggle that I hear a, a lot from people I'm working with women in therapy is, I really like this guy, but, you know, he says I'm nice, but there's no chemistry. I hear that over and over again. So, you know, one of my chapters is light as fire, why he can't stop thinking about you. And I talk all about how you can, how people can psychologically, neuroscientifically amp up attraction. Yeah, I like that too. The scientific research to back up the things that you already knew and coached and offered advice during therapy. But I like that how you did that because it was interesting because you could have scientific data and then you could have this story of one of your patients that you changed the name and it's the story that makes it all come together in your brain and, and it stays with you. And I think that was super helpful. So in the first chapter, you talk about if you're not going to sleep with him, then he's going to bail. Well, if he's going to bail because you won't sleep with him, then he's going to bail anyway. So I think there's a lot of fear for people who are new to dating that dating is all about players and hookups, and it isn't. And it can be what you make it, but you have to run the show, <laughs> really. <laughs> so to speak. Exactly. And that's, I love the fact that you brought out that observation that if a guy is not going to stick around because you're not sleeping with him, he's not your soulmate, right? Yeah. He's not going to be your person. Um, but that's another really good point that you brought up regarding fear. So, yeah, you hear from women and men. And by the way, I work with a lot of men and I really put like I, I really get into their heads as well. They they are struggling. Some men are struggling just as much as women regarding dating. It just their struggles are different. Um, but there are so many people looking for a solid connection. One survey I mentioned in the book is that 76 percent of American people who are asked, do you want to, are, are you either in a relationship or do you want a committed relationship? 76% said yes. So there are a lot of people out there who really want somebody substantial, a commitment, like not, who are not players. Okay. Um, so 
yes, like you don't want, you know, with psychology, you do not want to be led by fear and avoidance. By the way, Carrie, I, I think I'm smiling also because you, you, you alluded to there's a whole section in there where I also break down, you know, narcissism is a, is a word that's thrown around a lot. Oh, he's a narcissist or she's a narcissist players, um, emotional manipulation, but I really break down what each of those are psychologically so that if you're out there for somebody, a woman who is out there in the dating world and is concerned, am I dating a player? Am I dating a narcissist? She can see exactly what the signs are. Right. Not because, again, they're, like I said, there's so many good men. Yes, you will run into um, we all, I, I am married, but I wasn't always married. I, I dated a lot. Um, so yes, you know, we will all run into some of those guys as women. Um, but it's really helpful to know what, what differentiates somebody who's going to break your heart from somebody who really wants the same things as you do. Right, right. So your practice is in Beverly Hills. And you encounter women who are dating narcissists. And narcissism is a misused term or overused, and many people don't know how dangerous a narcissist truly is. What should people look out for when dating a narcissist? How can they differentiate, say, a narcissist a, from a player? It's okay. So, uh, so great question, Carrie. So part one of your question, how can they, how can they spot a narcissist? One of the surest signs when you're an early sign, when you're out on a date, look at how a guy is treating your server. If he's condescending, if he talks down, if he wants to like if he wants to maybe there's a line for something and he's like thinks that he should be at the top of the line for really no reason that's a very good sign that there's narcissism there remember like in in psychology a full-on narcissistic disorder means that there is a complete lack of empathy for other people. A narcissist always puts themselves first. Um, and what the, what the difficulty is, is at the beginning, you know, narcissists want what they want. So if they, they want you, right? So they're going to be, a narcissist is very charming. Uh, they're usually good looking or prominent in their field, but the difference between, but so are other guys who are great guys, right? But that lack of empathy, meaning a narcissist can't feel what somebody else is feeling, a narcissist almost uniformly will treat a server poorly. So it's a really, really good first sign. I love that. Well, they are the consummate actor, and they are used to getting what they want, and they know how to spin their show their one act show and they they take that act on the road from the one woman to the next and so you talk about how important it is to listen to your instincts and women are more people pleasers and we tend to not listen to our instincts like men do men are very black and white when it comes to listening yes. to their instincts what would you say about the importance of listening to your instincts it's absolutely critical. 
And there's a whole, I Carrie, you're great. I don't even have to quiz you on the book because you, you're you basically, you know, reporting back what I wrote, which is, which is fantastic. There's a whole section where I actually explain that neurologically in women's brains, we have increased gray matter, meaning we have very dense neurons, which is good, in the area of our brain responsible for communicating emotionally and reading, for communicate, both communicating emotionally and reading people emotionally, which also is the area of the brain responsible for intuition. So intuition's whole purpose in psychology is to protect us. So women have these amazing instincts, okay, instincts and intuition. The problem is we don't listen. So if our instincts say is telling us, you know what, there's something wrong in this relationship or with this guy, um, you know, and, and instincts can be a feeling in that they can be expressed as a feeling, for example, in the pit of your stomach or just this little nagging thought that tells you, uh-oh, something is not quite right, but maybe you want a relationship so badly, or you think that this guy is wonderful, so you disregard that, you make excuses for it, and you push forward, you know, and then down the down the road, you say, oh my God, I should have like listened to, you know, I should have paid attention or listened to myself, whereas with men, they do not have the, those densely packed neurons in that area of the brain. So they think much more black and white. Yes, men have good intuition too, because remember, intuition is about protecting us, okay? A lot, I talk a lot about evolutionary psychology in the book too. So evolutionary psychology is all about, you know, perpetuating the human race. So um, anything that's going to help us survive is um, is in our brain, right? So men have good intuition, but just like you said, Carrie, they think they're very they're much more black and white, yes or no. So they the difference is they listen to their intuition. If they feel something is wrong, goodbye. They're they're done. They they are they are moving on. Women, we give chances over and over and over again, and yet this people pleasing um, is can really be detrimental. And people-pleasing, by the way, is just, you know, doing something we don't want to do just to make somebody else happy. Right, right. I understand this because I help a lot of women. I try to make them see what I can see so clearly, but they don't want to hear what I have to say, so they'll find 10 friends who will say, you know what, you can call them. I'm like, don't call yeah. them. You know, so I say, I've, I've studied this. I've lived through it. I have a black belt in narcissism. I mean, I get this. Yeah. In, I know it. But when you're in it, you can't see it. And It's really hard. It's really, it's really hard. hard. And women tend to give men a long leash. And you encourage women in your book to look at men's actions more than their words. And I love the Maya Angelou quote where she says, when people show you who they are the first time, believe them. And well, I, absolutely. 
Absolutely. It's so interesting, too, because you mentioned players a moment ago. I think you said, how can you distinguish a narcissist from a player? And sometimes they're both. But mm. player, players can be problematic as well. So, what, you know, a player in psychology, by the way, is defined as a man who is, is just dating for sexual gratification, okay? So that, you know, that's what he's there for. He, he wants sexual gratification, not a relationship. So again, a player may do like may say all the right things and do all the right things to sleep with you, but once he sleeps with you, he's moving on. So again, I I made sure, you know, in my like when I was writing this, I actually did research, you know, I looked at what is what is the psychological research on players? Like how can women how can a woman tell that they're dating a player? What's really, really interesting, so a player, um, there, was, there was a great research study that I describe in the book. Um, and again, if people want to read these studies in more detail, they're all referenced. In the, in, uh, they're all referenced. Um, so basically, a player, the more sexual partners a man has had, the more quickly that he he will he will after he has slept with a woman the more quickly he will be quote unquote bored with her or deem her unattractive and move on which is i think fascinating because then it's like okay so the guy who has slept with you know um 200, 300 women, like, okay, there's something I'm exaggerating, but I'm in LA. Maybe I'm not exaggerating so much. When he sleeps with you, he's going to find you unattractive and move on. Um, So I found that bit of research, like, really, really interesting. Where do these people find the time? (laughs) Yeah. And energy. Seriously. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So you have this list of seven types of men to avoid. Can you give us some more examples of the different types of men on this list? Okay. Emotional manipulators just popped into my head because it's a really big one. And sometimes people don't even, you know, emotional manipulators can be women, by the way, too. But since this book is for written for women, I'm, I'm just, you know, making the, making the men the culprits right now. Okay. So an emotional manipulator is somebody who wants to get control in a relationship. They want to get what, what they want but they do it by using underhanded, deceptive, even malicious means to change the behavior or perceptions of their partner. I'm going to give you a very common, okay, that's a lot, right, Carrie? I'm going to break it down with an example. Say you've been dating a guy for a while, okay? Um, and it's going okay, it's going okay, but you notice you're whenever you're having a meal, like say you're having a meal out in a restaurant, he's always looking at his phone. Um, he's maybe looking around the restaurant, but he's not really attuned to you. So, you know, once or twice, right, people are taking it, you know, have to take a text or they have to be on their phone, but it's happening a lot. 
So you decide to address it with the guy, right? So one day you just, you know, you're having, you're on a date and you're saying, you say, you know, um, it seems like you're really always on your phone. Can like you just, you know, pay attention to like our conversation or to me. Okay. A, a non-emotional manipulator would say, oh, God, sweetie, hey, babe, I didn't realize I was doing that. Like, thanks for letting me know, right? An emotional manipulator will look up at you and say, you know, you're always bitching or you're finding something else to complain about. Okay, you see what's going on? They're using a very nasty, so underhanded, right, um, way to ch- like what they want to do is they want to keep being on their phone. They're they're totally dismissive of what you just said. So they're keeping in control. They're doing what they want to do by basically telling you like they want to change your behavior. They're basically attacking you for your feelings. Wow. I like so, you know I, I like the example. Sorry, at its worst, emotional manipulation can be gaslighting. Okay. So you not only identify the wrong guys, but you give tips and strategies for women to weed out these people that are going to just make you crazy and make you unhappy. And they seem to Mm -hmm. like get off on doing that too. Right. It's also their their character and personality. I mean, there's just going to be some bad apples in the bunch. And, you know, so much of dating is luck and timing and who you meet. I mean, you have to be out there. But again, like you said, you wish you had this book when you were dating. Honestly, I wish I was kind of like the narcissist magnet, right? Um, I I really wish I wish I'd had I'd known this research when I was dating. Mm. It would have helped me, right? Because there really there really are these specific things that we see, but we don't like we don't really understand like the dynamics unless we have some you know some like other inference, just knowledge, really, which is what I'm trying to impart. It is. It's knowledge is power. So I'm an empath, and it sounds like with your people-pleasing history that you're an empath as well. And narcissists go towards empaths. They are attracted to empaths because they, they go to the light. They know that they're not going to be caring for others. They seek out in others qualities that they don't have. And you're being really kind. I'm going to take <laughs> it one step further and say they prey on that. They prey yeah. on empaths. I see it. I, I see it all the time. It's like they have a second sense for the women who are going to let them, excuse me, get away with their shit. Mm. Um, yes. You see it, you see it all the time. And again, just understanding as a woman, as a woman that you, you know, looking, looking at the signs, another thing a narcissist will do. So, okay. You know, you meet Prince Charming, right? And by the way, charm, superficial charm is a hallmark of narcissism. Now that's not to say there are guys that are charming that don't end up being narcissists, right? But one of the, one 
early sign. Again, a narcissist will be extremely charming. Um, they're great at luring women into relationships. But so at the beginning, you may be on cloud nine, like, oh, my God, I've met the man of my dreams. Flash forward, another sign that you may be dating a narcissist is when you start saying, like, kind of like what your needs are. And it can be as simple as, like, hey, I'd like you to text me more, or, you know, um, maybe we can get together, like, more than, you know, once a week or something. The narcissist will dismiss your needs. Like he basically, it's if, if they, he'll dismiss your needs if they're different from what he wants. In a caring, loving relationship, there's give and take. We listen to one another, okay, and we try to like step up, right? There is no stepping up with a narcissist. He will, if what you want or what you are saying does not mesh with what he wants, you will be totally dismissed. Um, and that, look, again, you know, people can be in long-term, they're in marriages with narcissists. Mm. And it's also difficult because, again, it, a narcissist puts themselves first every single time. And, and, a, and that lack of empathy so that their inability to put themselves in somebody else's shoes emotionally means they won't, they won't not only feel your pain, they don't care about your pain. Yeah. Well, unless you live through that and you decide that those selfish qualities and hurtful qualities are so unattractive, you have to get there, though. And a lot of times people yes. continue to pull in the same. And you told a story about someone in your book who was beautiful and smart, and she just kept pulling in people that weren't serious and wasting her time. And so she just got tired of it. And she changed the first line in her bio. And she said that she was interested in an eventual oh. relationship. And if you're not, don't even bother. Yes. And I yes. thought that was interesting. I have mixed feelings about that. But the cool thing about that is that that's where she got to. And that felt right to her. And I exactly. think I think it is all about like speaking your truth and asking for what you want. And I was having this conversation with my boyfriend this morning because he woke up and he thought about a story that I recently told him of somebody who got hurt in an early dating situation. And he, he like thought about it through the night and then he had more comments for me this morning. And I thought to myself, what a kind person that like he's still on this. It still bothered him that someone was hurt. I've done with the cool and the cares, all that stuff. I want kind. Exactly, exactly, and that's my mantra. How great would it be to find the love of your life? The man of your dreams. Do you believe online dating would work if you had the right tools to be successful? Well, I have exciting news. I've created your best shot at love masterclass. I cannot wait to share with you what's worked for me in my life and for many of my clients that have helped over the years. If you enroll in this class, you have a winning mindset and believe in getting help before you start something new. 
If you're ready to see changes in your dating life and want to take action, check out my free webinar at shotatlove.co. If you decide you're going to choose another path, that you're worth it and you're willing to enroll in the masterclass, you can also register at shotatlove.co. I designed this masterclass specifically for you to be successful. Please know that everything you're going to learn in these nine modules and six coaching calls has been carefully curated for you so you can gain the success you truly want. I will be there for you the whole time. In the meantime, I wish you all the success and I can't wait to hear about your story of finding love. I'm Carrie Brett and I will be your mentor and friend through this incredible journey. Go for kindness over coolness. Okay, like choose kind, choose kindness over coolness. As women, look, it took me experience to get there. Um, Sometimes it is like uh, often it is life experience and going through this. Um, But like just like Carrie, just like what you said, like so many women, I get the response. Oh my God, this book would have saved me. Like. So much it would have spared me so much heartache. Exactly that. Because I, again, I'm giving the benefit of just my experiences, my patients' experiences and research to at least help navigate these waters. Right. Um, And I love, by the way, that you're in a, you're in a relationship with a good guy. It's again, to my point, there are so many really great guys out there who are empathetic, who also can be very charming and fun. Look, a great relationship brings us up, right? It makes us happy. Um, I, I love, there's a, there's a neurotransmitter called that I discussed various parts in the book, but called phenylethylamine. It's abbreviated PEA, but it, it's called the love drug for a reason. When we're in a great relationship, especially like up to about, you know, the first three years of a really strong, great relationship, um, we feel almost euphoric and happy and like elated. So, um, but, but again, that's, that's going to be where it's a great, great relationship. That's great. Well, one of the things and I want to talk about how do you pull in the right one? How do you put on, pull in the right relationship? And so for me, and you had this study that I found really interesting, and it was a study that was done in multiple cities. Boston was one of them. The results in this survey were men who wrote lengthy, nice, positive response got fewer responses except in Seattle. And the reason for that is because Seattle is two men versus one woman. So they had to like write these romance novels because they were in competition with more men. They had to try harder. Mm -hmm. And so one one piece of advice you say is, you know, pay attention to that nice person who sent, who took the time, you know, don't dismiss them because they're not playing some kind of game. And, and I thought that was great. And you also gave so many great examples of how to set yourself apart with texting. And I'm going to ask you about some of them and I'm going to give some of them because I think people need to hear this. It's super valuable. So it all comes down to the way you phrase things. And you gave an example of saying, instead of saying, I need a homebody, say, I need someone to watch Homeland with me on Sunday nights. So, I mean, Homeland's over now, but, you know, fill in the uh, Ozark or whatever. And I, I thought that was excellent. 
You thank you, Carrie. Yeah, exactly. Like so. Um, by the way, the study that you mentioned was by Elizabeth Brook, and it was also yeah. You mentioned Boston, Seattle. It was also done in New York and Chicago. I'll go back to that in a moment. But absolutely, with texting. So another example is the walk on the beach. Oh, I love. I love going out to restaurants and walking on the beach. Like, honestly, who does? I mean, okay, going out to restaurants now, not such a good choice, right, with COVID. Mm -hmm. But, okay, I love to, like, I love traveling, right? Like, who doesn't? So just be really specific. Hey, my favorite trip was when we went to, you know, when I went, you know, as a junior on, like, my my semester abroad in da-da-da-da-da. Just as specific as you you can be will differentiate you from everybody else. Right. And plus you may like there may be somebody out there, not only will it differentiate you and you'll be like, wait a minute, like, oh, I think I can see this person's personality or what they're about, but you might even connect with somebody who loves that, you know, like Ozark, right? Who, who, or, you know, who loves that same show who's like, okay, this is, you know, this, this, this is it. Um, so I, yes, that's, it's really like, again, there's a way to navigate dating apps to make them dating apps and texts and all the social media to make it work for you rather than just you being like, you know, lost in the shuffle in that revolving door. You know, a lot of times men too, women and men, like they think they need to be like everybody else. Um, no, you you want to be who you are and set yourself apart. Right. I think that's why I did well, because I made a lot of bold moves because I got results from that. And so exactly another example you had was Brainy is Sexy. And there was the story of a woman oh, yeah. who was an astrophysicist and she had this advanced degree and she hid that. Hid that. Mm-hmm. What happened when she decided to put that into her bio? She got less, okay, less men contacted her, but the one, but it was amazing because the ones that did were 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 much more compatible. So it's like she stopped wasting her time. So even though maybe like there were, there were, you know, a lot of men were intimidated by that. Great. So they did it. They wouldn't be there for her anyway, but the ones who were on par, not necessarily on par with astrophysics, right. But the ones who were not intimidated by that, who, you know, were confident in their own right, were people that she started connecting with, and it just started going much better for her. Right. She's in a great, she's in a great relation. She's in a really, actually, yeah, they, I I forget when their wedding date is, but she met somebody really great. So, um, yeah, it's just sometimes just those little tweaks can be enough to like make a huge difference in online dating. And, and, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. You see a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's a number of dating books like on the market, but one of the things that was really important to me um, was like online dating is, is, is it. Um, So I had like, you see 
books by psychologists, but very few will put anything in there about online dating or appearance or even like I went out on a limb and my 10th chapter, which you haven't mentioned yet, Carrie, but is <laughs> bring it best sex ever, your choice. So, um, yeah, we started out with the, the, the I love my title because it's, 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 it's a very honest, you know, and gutsy title, but that I just want to emphasize that's, that's one chapter. The theme of the book is really female empowerment, you know, respecting yourself, making a, you know, just making an impact, having a great, having a great, you know, finding a great partner, um, enjoying dating. Right, right. Well, what I loved was the examples of where people trip up. If you're confident, then you keep it real and you use humor and you show who you exactly are. That's a confident person. And I don't know if I was confident at the time, but I I always keep it real because I don't really know any other way to be. And I also relied on humor. And I think people are afraid to take a chance and use humor or use the absurdity of life sometimes. Yes, and that's it, it, 100%. It sets you apart if you can do that. And so yes. the other psychological research that you had that actually I thought was the best thing I heard was women who thought they would do well with men automatically did well with men or women who had this expectation of a positive outcome found happiness. So, so why should we be hopeful romantics? Okay. It gets so this and this and I agree with you. It's so important, and I'm so glad you brought out that point. So, as I explain in the book, in evolutionary psychology, being people who are optimistic, and I call it a realistic optimism, not a Pollyanna, but a realistic optimism, meaning I think this is going to go well. I know it. I know it can. It has the ability to go well. We keep pushing forward. And we keep trying, okay? So that optimism is very motivating, and it keeps people pushing forward. When that's translated to dating and being a a hopeful romantic, the women who are – and this is also shown through research – so women and men, but again, I keep I keep explaining because the book is for women, so I'm I'm referring to women. The women who say to themselves, I am going to get what they want what I want, I'm going to have the, the relationship that I want, they eventually do find that. Now I'm not saying that they'll find that tomorrow. Sometimes they get very lucky and they do, right? But they will eventually Find that no matter how long it takes because they are going to keep pushing forward, which is just really critical. Yeah. So expect to be successful and your expectations become self-fulfilling. It's so yes. true. It's amazing. It, it becomes a reality. You'd also mentioned about confidence. Um, so, for example, for me, I, I probably am... 
I mean, I've worked so hard on not necessarily with dating, but other areas of my life on confidence. So I was also sure to put um, an entire chapter there with psychological tools on lifting one's confidence. I think because you mentioned that as well, Carrie, that's also really critical because that confidence and optimism are very related. It's difficult to be optimistic when you don't have the confidence, which broken down in Latin is with trust, trusting yourself. So it's difficult to have like the optimism for a happy outcome if you, you don't have that confidence. So that's why I included an entire chapter on how to build your own confidence when you're dating. Which I think I'm going to have to have you come back and just do an episode on that because I, I'm like, I'm looking at all my questions. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're already. <laughs> we oh, I would to, love to. We have would, to do I like a part to. two and three. And if you need to work on your self-worth or your confidence, Nancy just mentioned that she's got a whole book on confidence and she has lucky seven confidence boosters. She has lists of affirmations that you can use to help your self-worth and how you feel about yourself when you're dating how to navigate the setbacks when finding love. I'm telling you, this is just just an unbelievable book. Now, my last question is for women who are dating, what do you think one of your best advice or the best takeaway is from your book? I know that's a probably a difficult question, but if you could kind of wrap it up in a couple of different tips. I think number one is self-respect is really important. If you're respecting yourself, other people will as well. So with that self-respect, know your value. You know, as a woman, we are precious, right? Our bodies are precious. Our psyches, our beings are precious. If you have that respect for yourself and that value for yourself, you will start coming off that way to men as well that you're dating. Um, So that, number one, is a theme that's in the book. I think that's a message that women don't hear often. We're great at putting ourselves down, right? Um, But again, know your value and respect yourself and others will too. I think that's a really important theme. I think another one is like I get, you know, I, I, I end the book with love lessons, but I say never settle for heartache. And again, don't, if, if look, this is, you know, the book is all about dating, by the way, dating is getting to know somebody romantically. So, you know, it can be, I talk about things at the beginning of relationships at the beginning of dating and later in relationships. But if you look, if you are in a relationship, anybody hearing this, where you're struggling, where it's bringing you down where you're depressed because of the dynamic that's going on. It's too simple to say, just get out. But I think if you read this book, you're you're going to recognize some dynamics and some things. And I think it would really help women like, okay, I don't want that. I don't deserve that. And start reconsidering and perhaps like give the, the strength. To, to get out of a relationship like that. And then, you know, number three is just 
empower yourself with knowledge. Psychology is fantastic. I, I started, you know, you asked me for a little bit of personal background, and I mentioned, you know, when I was 13 and I read Cosmopolitan magazine. But, you know, knowledge is so empowering. So just understanding the psychology behind relationships, the neuroscience. And by the way, I, I spent a lot of time with, you know, some people hear neuroscience and they get what I, you know, wait, what I broke it down to make it like, it's really fascinating because it's like, Oh, that's going on. Right. Like, you know, um, so just understanding the science behind why we do what we do, especially in dating and relationships, can be so empowering in just going through and navigating that dating and relationship and sex. I love it. Well, you have shared some of the best dating advice we've had on the show. I'm telling you, I love you're it. A, you're a sweetheart, Carrie. You just <laughs> made my day. <laughs> you can tell you took six years to write this book. It's excellent. And I loved it. And I'm, I, like I said, I could do like a whole class on this book. <laughs> okay. And one more thing, just also don't be afraid people to be upfront about what you want, whether you're, whether it's a romantic relationship or anything else, but we're talking about romance here. You know, one of the points I make, like I said, you have to have me back because I can go, I'm just getting my steam. <laughs> you know, one of the things is just like me too and time's up movement have really, which by the way, came out just about when the book came out. So that was very fortuitous timing. Those movements really empowered women to speak up about sexual assault and what they don't want. But what I, you know, talk about in the book too, like these movements have also empowered women to be really upfront about what they want and just concerns about relationships in general, especially, you know, especially when sex could even consensual sex. Like, I want this or I don't want this. So, again, to answer your question, um, please be upfront with, with dating partners. Don't, don't be afraid that they won't like you or they'll walk away. The ones that walk away, like, hell, no, they weren't for you anyway. That's right. Let them walk. Don't let the door exactly. hit you on the way out. <laughs> exactly. There's plenty of good ones who will not walk, who will be like, man, like <laughs> this, is, this is feeling great. We're getting a connection. Right. Oh, I love this. So where can people find out more about you or follow you on social media? Oh, okay. Very good question. So um, let's see. I'll start with, we will start with my um, Instagram handle, which is dr. N-A-N-C-Y-L-E-E. My website is very similar to that. It's drnancylee.com. So that's D-R-N-A-N-C-Y-L-E-E.com. I'm on Clubhouse. Oh, your Facebook page. Oh, yeah. The book. book is, and the book is on Amazon. It sells out at, I, in LA, it sells out at the Barnes and Noble. I'm happy to say it's one of their, um, best selling dating books. So, um, but, but they, they typically stock some. So for any LA listeners, you can also go to Barnes and Noble, but the book's on Amazon. Great. Well, when I come out to LA, I'm going to find you and we're going to go out and have some laughs and talk about our past experiences. But I enjoyed having you so much on the show today. Thank you so much for your time. Okay, Carrie, thank you. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. And for now, this week, Shot at Love Dating Tips, which are inspired by our guest, Dr. Nancy Lee. Number one, 
have some self-respect and stand up for yourself. When you value yourself, you'll stay clear about what you want, which will lead you to choose a partner that will enhance your life. Number two, always choose kind over cool. Don't learn this lesson the hard way. Number three, women tend to look out for everyone else except themselves. Stop being the queen of people pleasing and listen to your instincts. If something feels off, it usually is. Number four, when writing descriptions about yourself for your bio, don't use general words that apply to everyone else. Think of something that sets you apart. You'll find better matches that way. I hope you found some of my tips helpful this week. This is what Shot at Love is here for, to help you find love. Keep up the commitment to yourself and commit to helping someone else by sharing this podcast. Remember to stay safe and stay tuned for more episodes. And if you like this show, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. I'm Carrie Brett, and we'll see you next time.